Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It's time to take a ride on the Steelers Afternoon Drive with our co-hosts, Alan Saunders and Zachary Smith. Welcome into another edition of Steelers Afternoon Drive. I'm Zachary Smith. That is Alan Saunders. Alan, what's going on? I don't know, man. What is going on? You know? Well, I was really excited like Marvin about... Gay out here. Like, what's... What's going on, man? Like, what, what's going on with the world right now? Like, what? Oh, are you, are you on? Uh, you're, you're starting to sound a little bit like Arthur Smith trying to deflect when he when so he gets asked about Bijan Robinson's usage. He was like, "You guys want to talk about uh, climate change, world politics? We'll talk about that instead." Um, but I was really excited about this episode because let's start off with the good. There is some bad to talk about here on injury side, but with the good. Cam Hayward returning to practice, opening up the 21-day window. Now, we were talking before we started recording, like, your mentions were flooded. People were making it seem like, yeah, 97 is going to be back on Sunday. Let's let's pump the brakes a little bit. He is back on the practice field in some capacity, which is great to see, but we're not there yet, folks. Yeah. Um, I, I likened him to a, a, a bear just coming out of uh, hibernation. You know, uh, you go watch the video. It's one video up here on uh, on the YouTube channel. Uh, doesn't look like he's a hundred percent yet. Like looks like he's warming up to it. I would not uh, expect Cam Hayward to be on the field this Sunday. And that would be way ahead of his timetable from that injury. Anyway, short mm-hmm. week next week. I think we're probably looking at that Packers game, which is kind of the one we had circled all along. Right. I mean, I think that's the one yeah. that, that we figured. So just, you know, yes, he's back in practice. Not, not sure. We're going to see 97 on the field this week. Good to have the big man back out there. Brings a lot to the table in terms of, uh, you know, a good presence and, and a leader. But uh, yeah, I, not not sure that, uh, that that we're gonna see any big changes there right away. That's what I was just saying. It's just like a welcomed addition, just like the personality having him back in, you know, within the fold for the group. Like I just feel like he would bring a spark and add some more juice to practice today. Just his presence there. 
he has been around, you know, he's been at practice yeah. almost every day. He's been stretching and yelling at guys during warmups and berating his brother. And, um, Oh, did he, did he for, uh, Connor not getting in the end zone? I did not, week. did not specifically get okay. to talk to Connor about that today, but, uh, I'm sure it's happened. I'm sure it's happened. Did we talk about that? The, they beat him up in, in the locker room a couple weeks ago. No, no. <laughs> I didn't tell that story. Oh, like, no. Cam, like, gra- I don't know what Connor did, but Cam, like, grabbed him and, like, put him in a headlock and was, like, dragging him around the locker room. And I'm like, okay, everybody that has a big brother or an older cousin or whatever, like, neighbor next door, you all have been in that situation, right? Where, like, you get put mm-hmm. in the headlock by the bigger kid and you're just kind of arms flailing and there's nothing you can do. But then imagine, like, your big brother is the captain of your NFL team. And, like, even if you could hurt him back, Hurting him would be like the worst thing in the world to do. Like, you, you just got to take it. Like, you just got to take your noogies or whatever that uh, were being delivered there. It's awful fun to have those guys in the locker room together. Uh, special stuff. Uh, the Steelers get that stuff right, man, all the time. But uh, you can tell that, like, those are good people. Uh, mm-hmm. And, and you know, you can watch them interact as brothers. And you're like, this is cool stuff. Right. Yeah, it has been really cool. Um I mentioned uh, there is a a bad side. Literally right before we started recording, I decided to refresh the app one more time and just see if anything's going on. I shouldn't have done that. Like for my, of course, from like an information perspective, we were going to talk about this anyway. But for my own eyeballs, I should not have refreshed right before we came on here because Deontay Johnson DNP on a Thursday with a hamstring injury after coming off IR for a hamstring injury that kept him out since the first game of the season. Add in Larry Ogunjobi with a shoulder injury. We've you know made the joke of calling him limited Larry, not even limited, DNP with a shoulder injury today. Alan, what what's going on? What are we doing here? You know, like it's uh also Joey Porter Jr. limited with a Joey calf. Yep. Um now Joey said he's gonna play. We'll see. No word from Larry and Deontay what's up there. Um, Deontay talked to the media this morning. He didn't say anything. I don't know if he nicked something in practice or if they just, you know, DNP, you know, you, it's not like he could have started practice and hurt something today. That suggests to me like it might have just been a day off, but it's hard to say. We'll try to figure that out for tomorrow. Um, yeah. You know, I assume that Larry is going to play up until he doesn't. That just seems to be who that guy is. Doesn't matter how hurt he is or how much he practices, he seems to play every time. So I'd be less concerned about that. Um, cornerback, though, man, Levi Wallace limited again uh, with that. Mm-hmm. Was it a foot? Yeah, foot injury. Foot. And then Joey with the calf. So you're looking at uh, starting cornerback James Pierre in practice today. Um, that's that's some depth being tested there. And certainly when you think about Christian Kirk and Calvin Ridley, that's a team that could uh, could expose you if you're not 100%, that's for sure. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing is, like, even Joey saying he's going to play on Sunday, like a calf injury, though, like, sure, he could start out going on Sunday, but how is that thing going to hold up once he is tested by those guys? Like, that's the question I, I have, even if he's, you know, very confident sitting here on Thursday that he's going to be able to go. Yeah, and it always, you know, like any kind of soft tissue injury, it only takes one tweak you know and then you're done like it does you know it just like what happened to pat firemouth he said he was gonna play and then one thing happens in practice and you know all of a sudden he can't and also you know the steelers are in this weird 
uh, uh, weather pattern here we've been in where it was like really warm in LA. It's been really warm during the day, most of the day. But then you, if you, if you're a kind of person that wants to go outside for a run at 7 a.m., it's 45. You know, that's like yeah. murderous on soft tissue. And, and so certainly could, it's going to rain on Sunday. Um, like, could be a bad place. Yeah, man. I, I I guess uh we'll give people a little bit more good news here. Anthony Mcfarland, second straight full practice. Sounds like he's gonna be able to and healthy. To I think he was healthy yeah. last week too. I, I think okay. they mostly just wanted to give Godwin Iguebuke a shot. Um, but I think Ant was healthy last week. Honestly, Ant was it was mostly precautionary for him to go on the IR in general. They were trying to avoid an injury more than like he was hurting. You know, and so um, he had some swelling in his knee that they were concerned about that they thought was going to lead to him needing to have another surgery. He really didn't want that. And so that's what how he ended up on, on the IR in the first place. But I think Ant's ready to go. So if they want him, he's there. Um, other than that, I think that's pretty much the injury list. Cole Holcomb seems fine. Twisted his ankle on Sunday, but uh, another full practice. And Nate Herbig was sick yesterday, but I think he was back today. So he was back today. Yeah, I was just I was looking at the list here. So yeah, that that does it. Uh from here... walking through the locker room with like a giant plate of food. And I'm like, well, it can't be that. I understand he's not well enough to practice, but the man looks like he's living his best life right now. <laughs> yeah. Gotta appreciate that. Uh from your uh, your opinion. Would you put Anthony McFarland back into that role as the kick returner? I mean, I don't know that they've gotten anything. Yeah. He has 30 yards of return against the 49ers. Now, Jake Moody's not a very good kicker. And so, like, we can, we can, you know, judge that on a curve. But I thought he was the best of, of their kick returners. And I thought he had some juice when he got in there as a, as a running back, especially as a receiving option. Yeah. I'd, I'd put him back on the team 100%. Okay. Um, I also want to get your opinion, and obviously I think we're going to have a lot of people's opinions in the comments about this too, because uh, Trevor Lawrence somehow really sparked debate uh, within Pittsburgh and a lot of controversy when talking about the very coveted, terrible towel. Uh, we know how prized those are in Pittsburgh, and Trevor Lawrence was talking about them, asked what he knew about them, and he said that they were uh, – so I don't, I don't know why he necessarily used the word little, but, like, it really doesn't matter. He said that they were little yellow towels. That's really all he knew. They are them. little. Like, a regular towel is, like, this big, and a terrible towel is, like, this big. It's like a little towel. This Fair. is absurd. Yeah. This is absurd. Fair. And first of all, okay, here's the thing, okay? you're If you're reading this quote and you see – I know what they are, the little yellow towels they swing around. If you read that quote and you encountered that quote somewhere on social media or on some website somewhere that's not mine, you are either intentionally or unintentionally being misled, okay? If you're unintentionally being misled, it's because someone's lazy and just didn't do a very thorough job of reporting. More likely, you're being intentionally misled by someone who just wants to make you feel angry and so that you will react to or share their post. Of the Here's the full quote from Trevor Lawrence on Pittsburgh. Uh, on 
I'm excited uh, about playing in Pittsburgh. I'm excited. It's definitely one to check off the list. Playing in cool stadiums and historic places. Pittsburgh, their whole organization has like an aura around it, and that's really cool there. They've had some great players and some great teams. You always know what kind of team Pittsburgh is going to have every year. Super physical, great defense. Their offense is playing well. Hell, he's more complimentary of the Steelers than most Steelers fans. You know <laughs> what you're going to get. They're really consistent. Coach Tomlin has done a really good job there. I'm excited to play over there. We played some hostile environments like Kansas City, New Orleans. I think those are up there. This will be another one that'll be a challenge. It'll be fun to play them and be a fun atmosphere. What are we upset about there? Like I said, he's nicer about the Steelers than most of y'all have been. Like that. Maybe that's, that's it. Then maybe, <laughs> maybe that's, that's it. it. <laughs> Trevor Lawrence says good things about the Steelers offense. Rabble, rabble, rabble. <laughs> Mike Tomlin, I mean, he kind of checked all the boxes right there. This is the nothingest nothing of all time, and somehow we have found a way to be angry about it. I just, I'm tired. I'm tired, boss. I think, uh, too, people probably, I don't think it helped the cause with Bill Cowher uh, appearing on Pat McAfee's show today and talking about it and not having the full context or the full quote either and bringing up, you know, the little terrible towels and saying the terrible towels are going to make you play terrible because you don't disrespect the terrible towel. Yeah. Listen, this is the farthest thing from disrespect of the terrible towel. Now, like TJ Hushmanzada, that was disrespect of the terrible towel. Who was the guy in, uh, Tennessee, uh, Lendell White is that who that was? Yep, mm-hmm. on it. Yeah, that was disrespect to the terrible towel. Uh, somebody's mascot did something once. That's okay. This isn't a, it is literally a little yellow towel, isn't it? Like that is literally what it is. Small it is. yellow towel. That's what it is. I understand that the Steelers call that color gold, but like to the rest of the universe, that's yellow. Yeah, what are we doing here? I actually don't have one sitting down here right now, or I'd pull it out just to accurately uh, be able to to show you one around here somewhere. I don't know. Yeah. Everybody knows what a terrible towel looks like. Yeah. Uh, But to your point, I mean, if you, if you read, I didn't even actually fully, but like hearing that much more complimentary than obviously, like there was no disrespect in there about anything, just the way that he described the towel. Some people took offense to, but to your point, he was more complimentary than Steelers fans are about the Steelers, about the Steelers. Yeah. And about not just this team, but the history of the franchise history. and the crowd and the atmosphere and everything. He's excited and thinks it's going to be cool to play in Agriculture Stadium in front of people twirling terrible towels. Him describing it as small and yellow is factually correct and irrelevant. And this happens all the time. Like, This is why it is so important. If you are a consumer of media, read the people that are in the room. They are not going to be the ones that are going to mislead you. I am not going to print half a quote to make you mad on purpose. Because if I go in there and I print half a quote to make you mad on purpose about what somebody said and take their words out of context, they're going to try to kick my ass. And most of them, Almost all of them could. Okay. So I don't want to do that. Right. Like mm-hmm. I go talk to Quan Alexander a couple weeks ago about the hip drop tackle. Right. I talked to Quan and he has some pretty pointed comments. Okay. But I've got to ask Quan. It's one on one. Maybe people don't understand how this works. So maybe we'll go into the locker room. Right. 
Okay. Reporters are in the locker room. Players are in the rocker, locker room, largely trying to avoid and or ignore the reporters, right? They're, they're got their back turned, their heads in their phone. They're reading a magazine. They're watching film on their iPad. Most guys, there are some guys that are very open. We'll talk to you whenever. Most guys are trying to get their stuff done and they don't really care to deal with us. Okay. So I got to go interrupt a guy who's 265 pounds and could break me like a toothpick. And, and ask him to give his comments about something that's controversial, something that might get him fined, if we're being perfectly honest. Like, if you're going to go at the league, like, they're certainly going to be watching you. If you're the one that says that all these fines are BS, like, guess what? You're the next – you're at the top of the list, right? Like, he's trusting me with his words, right? He's going to tell me what he has to say. Uh, a long time ago when I was covering the Pirates, I asked – Francisco Cervelli about Venezuela and about the the regime in Venezuela and why he didn't want to go back to his home country. And he gave me wonderful human commentary about what was happening in Venezuela, why he felt sad for his home country, why he hoped that major league baseball players could make a difference. He gives me all these quotes. And like six months later, Elias Diaz's mother got kidnapped. Like he was putting his family in danger by speaking to me because he trusted me that I would be careful with his words, print exactly what he said and put it in the context of the way that he said it. Right. And when you have all these places that are not reporters, whether it's Twitter accounts or Instagram accounts or people on YouTube that are just pulling the words, maybe not even all of the words out of an interview, they are stripping all the context of both what is said and that interaction away. You know, like I asked Matt Canada a couple weeks ago about the the Tyreek Hill sweep. My question Mm -hmm. was, why doesn't everyone just do it? You can see that it's working. Why doesn't every NFL team just, hey, here we go, every down? Like, why isn't that easy? And he explained why it's not that easy. And then we got people saying, Matt Canada says the Steelers can't do it. No, that's not what he You have to understand the context of that interaction to understand what he was saying. And like I said, some of this stuff is laziness. It's bad reporting. It's people that are not reporters just repeating stuff out into the universe, people with Twitter accounts that want to be social media famous, whatever. But if if you don't get back to the source of something, go find the video, jaguars.com, and, and watch what Trevor Lawrence said and tell me if you think he's being disrespectful to the Pittsburgh Steelers and to the terrible towel. Like, uh, give me, uh, if you're not going to go through that step, then don't take the lazy way out of seeing some BS pulled out one sentence fragment of something that he said and then letting yourself get inflamed by it. You're falling into the trap of, of, of bullshit artists on social media and it devalues all the work that people like me and Nick do in the locker room because now the next time I want to go talk to Quan Alexander because his words to me were taken not only were taken out of context somebody actually put in a whole paragraph of somebody else's words and attributed those to Quan that he didn't even say there was like uh, there was like an entire second paragraph of the quote that somebody just added on their own and then it was retweeted by I don't know Ari Mirov or one of these um, Dove Kleeman I don't know one of the one of these like NFL like, where like there's quote there's Quan Alexander said in quotes words that he did not say like it wasn't yeah. even what he said to me and now 
I've got to go into the locker room. And now, do you think Quan is going to want to talk to me the next time I have a question to ask him? Why the heck would he? Like, why would he want? Why would he want to participate in that? And so, right. like, it it kills me when we see this stuff and we see people that should know better. Like, it, you know, it's one thing if it's just fans. Um, you know, hell, I saw I said this. I would retweet it. Whatever. When you see people in the media uh, retweeting this stuff without context, it's it's. Um, it's not professional. It's not, it's not best practices. And, and mostly it's done on purpose because they know it's going to get a reaction out of people, even though it's undermining everything we should stand for. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, went on a little bit of a tangent there, but I appreciate it. Cause I think there was a good lesson to be learned there for, you know, both the consumers and the other side of it. And it's a, it's a slippery slope. It's a dangerous one. And for the people that, you know, really just try to follow the team through aggregators, I think that you you're realizing that's not possible. You know, you're not getting the best source of information, just doing that. And uh, unfortunately, you know, so many of them have, have huge platforms that, that amplify those voices. But um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's a dangerous thing to get into and, Really, I mean, I didn't even know about the whole the Quan thing, to be honest with you, like in terms of that quote being attributed to him. Yeah, there was like words that were not his that ended up being attributed to him because you had one account uh, pull a quote from my story, then another account uh, quoted that quote, but then added their own comments. And then a third account just quoted the, the quote and the comments as all have coming from Quan Alexander and none of them linked back to my story so that someone could read the quote in its actual context, the way it was meant to be said. And, you know, it's just, yeah. it's, it's, uh, it's, it's a bad place right now. And this, this nonsense with Trevor Lawrence is just the latest example of uh, don't, don't fall for the trap people. Just, just. I feel like it's getting worse too, and like I, I think a big part of this is on X, obviously, like being able to if you are pay for the premium subscription and like being able to monetize. Like it's so much about like engagement farming now within this yeah. industry, and and I think that that's just made this what we're talking about that much more of a problem. Yeah, somebody uh, was, I don't know, bashing me because I said something critical of Kenny Pickett, which um, is my job, and. Uh, whatever but they're like oh you just want engagement on on x i'm like first of all engagement on x isn't worth a damn thing to me and i was like well i guess you know to some people it is like i don't i don't care but like i you know to some people they're trying to make money doing that i i don't know that you can i but yeah i mean the the fact that that that's a reasonable thing for people to suspect now just makes it so much worse you know i if all you, you know, it's one thing when reporters aggregate each other. I've always said that reporting is a team sport, right? Like somebody yeah. might have one piece of the story. Somebody else might have another piece of the story. There's context. Somebody has a league source that I don't have. You know, if I'm writing a story about a Steelers player with a concussion and I know that, you know, uh, someone at ESPN.com just spoke with the NFL's chief medical officer, like, great, that's context for my story that I'm not going to be able to get. I want to cite their work. I'm going to aggregate that, right? Like, but but it's a two-way street. If I break some news about George Pickens, you can bet ESPN's gonna aggregate that the other way, right? Like it's yeah. it, it's we we're we are we are competitors, but we are are you know both it's like I said, it's a team sport. We are all reporting on the same topic and and you just have to pull the best reporting you can. But when you have these outlets that don't do any original reporting, it's all aggregation, and furthermore, they don't even really understand the that that context of how these quotes and these stories come to be that's when you really get in trouble because like 
know, I mean, Trevor Lawrence is at a press conference. It's casual. Like, it, this is no one that watched that video could possibly take offense to it. And yet here we are with like this being the story of the day on Twitter. Yeah. Well, that's the thing, too. It's like, how long could the video have been? Like, you're talking it's about two quotes a minute tops. Yeah. So to your point, you know, if you're going to have an opinion on it, why not actually like for yourself, go and see what was said? Like, I, I don't know. It's it's interesting, the the world that we live in. But yeah, uh, like you said, it goes much deeper than that, too. So I appreciated that that aspect of the conversation taking us into the locker room. I'm looking for something. For, I feel like it's been a while since we got to a YouTube thing here. Uh, by the way, Allie, thank you, because she said that my Benny and the Jets comment from yesterday's episode was highly underrated. I kind of stuck it in there. Uh, as Chris and you good. just continue to talk, it was very um, good. No, I, I, it, it was, it was very good. Uh, okay, this one's interesting. Um, do you think? And this is a, a question about DeAndre Hopkins. Do you think trading for D Hop would be worth it? Save on the signing bonus, obviously, because it's already been paid. Replace Allen Robinson, who hasn't been highly effective, and looking at Fryermuth potentially need a contract after this season. Uh, I'm trying to perhaps trading Fryermuth at the end of the season. Not that he's a bad player, but doesn't block. Wondering how much of a tar- target share he's actually going to continue to take on. Hopkins could get a ton of pass targets, and Washington could end up being the blocking tight end and receiving in the end zone. So there was a lot there. Turning basically DeAndre Hopkins into replacing Allen Robinson, but also like Pat Fryermuth, I guess, as well. Yeah, I mean, I think the idea that Pat Fryermuth is down... Look, the tight end position in the NFL right now is a wasteland. I'm in a fantasy football mm-hmm. league that's a 12-team league, and we play two tight ends every week. <laughs> yep, same. And I just had um, uh, Dawson Knox get hurt, who was one of my starting tight ends. You know, the waiver wire is like four guys that haven't caught a pass all year. Like, there's yeah. there's no good tight ends out there. It is a wasteland right I, uh I have George Kittle as my number one, and then my tight end two is either Luke Musgrave or Hunter Henry. Well, I luckily I have Travis Kelsey, so I'm like not in like the worst okay. shape ever. Yeah. But it's like Jonu Smith, Isaiah Likely, or like my other options. Like mm-hmm. I've I've got nothing. Um, yeah, like there's so you're not gonna trade for a tight end to replace Pat Farmuth. Like that just doesn't seem feasible right now. You can get a different kind of passing weapon, though, and I think, look, whether it's D Hop or, or another wide receiver, I think that's if if Pat Frymuth was healthy, I would say you probably don't have enough targets to go around to all your guys that deserve him anyway. But yeah. without him, and and without having really any sense of how long he's going to be out, I think the idea of adding a wide receiver starts to become more reasonable. Um, so yeah, I mean, I th- now trading Frymuth after the season. I don't see it. I mean, I think people are, I saw this thing. I might've been Colin Dunlap tweeted like, uh, like uh, the Steelers going to have to choose between paying George Pickens and Pat Farmuth. Like, no, like what has Pat Farmuth done to, that? He's going to demand some kind of huge con like second contract. Like, I mean, this is like Terrell Edmonds land where like, yeah, you keep him around for like a couple million a year and like find out if he's any good or not. Like, I, I don't see this being a thing where like, Oh, they can't. They have to trade him so they get something for him because they couldn't possibly meet his demands in free agency. Like, I, I don't buy that. I think that they'll be able to for, afford Pat Farmuth. 
now, with the way he was trending, like I thought this would be the breakout year. So with it not happening this year, I- I'm with you. Like I don't think that he's really gone on to deserve that. We've seen, you know, like Cole Komet and these other tight ends get that second contract. So maybe that's what they're going based off of. But like the fact that he didn't do it this year, hasn't done it this year. I don't think that we're in that territory right now. Yeah. Yeah. No, totally agree. And and there's you know, like I guess they could look to move on from him if they feel like they can make a a replacement move. But like we just talked about, there, you know, it's not probably not going to be in free agency, and it, uh, you know, maybe in the draft. I, I don't know. I, I think this is probably a a just hang on and see what happens kind of position for the Steelers going forward. Now, the thing about uh, trading for Hopkins is that he is under contract for next year. They could cut him mm-hmm. uh, yeah. with without any um, penalty. But uh, it, you know, Robinson's under contract next year for ten million. I think we can all agree that's not going to happen. Um, so yeah. By the way, if you're looking at somebody who's tweeting the numbers of the Steelers' like effective salary cap space for 2024, and they're pretending that there's like even a one millionth of a percent chance that Allen Robinson is playing under a ten million dollar contract next year, then you can pretty much ignore everything they're saying because it's nonsense um just go back to to context and reporting there uh yeah like i saw some of those charts going around the other day i'm like wait a second oh well come on guys like what are we (laughs) doing here i love alan robinson he's not playing under a 10 million dollar contract next year still have plenty of salary cap space and basically no one important that's a free agent so yeah Yeah. i think d hop is a like He's a guy that the Steelers should be trying to get. I just am skeptical that another team will not value him more than they would. Right. Yeah. And that's what we said. You know what? I just thought, I think that you brought this up already though. If it wasn't on here, it might've been when I was, Oh wait, no, because you weren't unlocked on this week. So it had to have been on here or maybe just a tweet, but like the fact that Fryermuth was placed on IR basically immediately, like knowing that he's going to miss four weeks, I, that doesn't bode well to me in terms of like, I don't know how late in the season he's going to come back. So I'm kind of with you where I would be looking to add a pass catcher if they can. I just don't know where that is, or even from like a perspective of how many targets they're actually going to command. I just, I think you need another pass catcher on the field. Yeah. Yeah. I think they need another t- passing target, you know, and, and like Connor Hayward and Connor Hayward's a very good at what he does but it's a role that you can't necessarily use all the time uh darnell mm-hmm. washington is you know he can catch the ball but he's still very much raw as a route runner and and as a guy in terms of getting open um and and just in general is not like a, a dynamic athlete where he's gonna make plays with the ball or anything like that like he can get you eight yards if you need eight yards but that's kind of it you know i think Without Frymouth, there really is a need for another playmaker there, and uh, we'll see if they're able to come down with one. Yeah. All right. Uh, anything else today, Alan? No, I don't think so. I think we hit all the. Uh... This is a different episode. G- good conversation, um, and I hope that people have a. I did a lot of yelling, which is usually <laughs> I. It has it has happened so far that the episodes I do a lot of yelling do really well in terms of viewership. So I'm just assuming that y'all like being yelled at and will continue to do so. That would kind of just go along with like, yeah, they 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 look for the yelling for the shows. They I wasn't yelling for... at people. I just get passionate about stuff. It's okay. Which I, I appreciate and I think that's a good thing. I mean, you can you can tell that you are passionate about your work, and that's what I think a lot of people appreciate about it. But tell the people where they can find you and your work, Alan. At A Saunders underscore PGH on Twitter, Instagram, and 
wherever else. Uh, Threads. I, I'm thinking I still have an account over there. I, <laughs> I haven't uh, posted on there in forever. Yeah, yeah, no, no, it's not happening. Uh, SteelersNow.com at PGH Steelers Now on Twitter on YouTube. Uh, that's where the words live. Read them so I can get paid. Promo code Allen 10, 10% off SN Plus. Derek has an article on Travis Etienne coming this week Ooh. that uh, should be very good. Derek's stuff is awesome. I learned so much about the game from reading his stuff and uh, all the best stuff from me and Nick Fairbaugh is there as well. Go check it out. There we go. I am Zachary Smith, PGH. You can find me everywhere as well. Like Alan said, like, subscribe, hit that notification bell here. Leave us a comment down below. Let us know what you want to see us talk about. Also, if you're listening somewhere else, leave us a five-star review over there. But uh, until tomorrow, for Alan Saunders, I'm Zachary Smith. Thanks for jumping in and taking another ride on the Steelers Afternoon Drive. (laughs) 